Hello and welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the April 23rd game against the Calgary Flames and the final late night game of the season. So for everyone watching the games at home, you can go to bed at a reasonable hour <laughs> and you don't have to stay up to be disappointed. Yeah, we'll see what happens with the playoffs. But uh, yeah, it looks like at least for the regular season, we're done with these uh, you know, 12, 1 a.m. games. Yeah. Um, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, and so we'll just we'll start right with just the stats, then we'll go into the actual game. So we had, I mean, a four to two loss is the outcome, <laughs> but we had a Toffoli getting his twenty third goal of the season, Armia getting his sixth of the season, assisted by Deno, and that was it. Yeah. Um, Jake Allen would be a nine hundred, and let's let's just dive into a couple things. Yeah, let's here. Just, it's important to first announce that Markstrom and Allen were the save, same save percentage. Which was a, you know, a pretty good indicator of, of what went wrong that night. And yeah, it, it, it came down to like just opportunity and shots on net. Well, that's it, right? Is like it's it's that's how it's always been with Calgary all season. We've yeah. changed nothing and we've done nothing to make change. Like that's that's the crazy part is like you don't see anyone trying anything new and we don't see anyone like suggesting anything new. We just do the same. I'm curious. To, I'm curious to what the percent the possession time was difference because it feels like they had the puck the entire game. I don't know if that's purely due to the fact that they had m- many more chances, so it mm-hmm. feels like they were a bit more dangerous with the puck. But it just feels like they always had the puck. Yeah, you know? um, I can't really find anywhere with the percentage. It's not kind of like when we play NHL 21. The score app doesn't really do that yeah, for us. Right. It'd be nice, actually. It though. felt it felt like Calgary just had the puck the entire time, yeah. and like we were kind of overcompensating for our lack of possession with just like needless follow throughs on the hits. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that was that was the thing, right? It was there's a couple key things here. I think um, you know we saw Gustafson get in the lineup for the first time, non-factor. Yeah, we saw Druin out of the lineup, which I actually wanted to, but. Before we go into anything, I mentioned last podcast something I never actually got to say about McDavid. Um, oh, he's yeah. so dirty. I, I don't like the guy. We'll, I, we'll mention that in our long form, yeah. just because it's nothing to do with Calgary, but he's just a... I, I don't like I'm him. not a I fan. I don't like him at all. I'm no longer a fan. No. He's and very dirty. I'm going to draw Sidney Crosby comparisons in the long format podcast, but just yeah. to jump back into this game, Druin being a scratch. So I think I figured out why Jonathan Druin hadn't been punished so far. And I want to say that I think Mark Bergman was trying to trade him. I really do. I think with his cap hit and the situation, for him to, you know, like we were saying, never be punished, Mm -hmm. I think it was a showcase before the trade deadline because the minute after the trade deadline, he went from first to to second to third to fourth line to being a scratch last night. So now that we know we're, you know, quote-unquote stuck with him, I don't know why I quoted that. It's just we're stuck with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that now we're actually not playing him. I mean, we, we chose to play 11 forwards rather than yeah. have him play. Well, so I thing. just was thinking about that last night. And I hope in the off season when we kind of shop him around, we don't kind of get stingy with him. I You know, we can't be looking at what we gave up for him and for what we are going to get from him because... No. The, the fact of the matter is, is we lost that trade big time. Yeah. And we can't be looking to kind of hit, uh, you know, like break even with it. It's not going to happen. It's no, never going to happen. I, let's just get something. I don't want us to do that thing that happened with Pacioretty where, you know, we ended up getting a great haul for Pacioretty. Like we ended up, you know, almost winning that trade, basically winning that trade. But, um, you know, we did this thing where we pushed off trading him for month after month after month just because what the people were offering just wasn't enough mm-hmm. in his in Bergevin's eyes. 
And I'm worried that we're going to do that with Druin to a point where he ends up just starting to play with us next season. Well, that's it. The only thing I will say that is that of all the general managers in the league, Bergevin is one that I do feel confident in terms of, um, you know, bargain bane Bergy, basically, where he'll trade Druin away for something that, you know, on face value, maybe not the best. I mean, how many times has he made a trade that, you know, on first kind of reaction is like, you're a bit taken aback. It's more of a, huh. Like, even going back to, like, I remember how late at night was the Max Domi for Alex Galchenyuk trade. It was mm-hmm. like, it was, it was like 11.30, 12 at night. And we were both kind of waking up being like, do you see it? Do you see it? And it was very weird because it was like, oh, this is, I don't know if this is a good move. Paid off big time because yeah. he essentially turned that, I mean, ignoring turning into Anderson, but Domi would have a, you know, spectacular year the next year for us. Um, so I, I do have faith in Bergevin pulling in something for Druin. The question really is what and how much yeah. he can get for him. I, I would be much more open to a, like a slew of things for Jonathan Druin rather than kind of One just piece. a big piece because yeah. then it puts all the pressure again on that player. Yeah, I also, I'm not so worried about the haul we'll get for him because like, you, know, like you said, Bergevin is like a master at this and he... You know he he finds the diamonds in the rough, mm-hmm. but what I'm more worried about is like the the uh, like the temporal aspect of it. Like I don't want this to go through next January. Yes, I understand. That, like that, I, that, I, that is a concern. I don't think we have to be worried only just because, you know, let's say you're a team like I I'm I have no idea, but let's say you're a team like um, who who's stacked forwards. Um, so many teams. Just, just feels like yeah, like okay, yeah. So we'll just we'll pick Toronto, but obviously this isn't Toronto. But let's say Toronto has a problem and they basically need to protect some players. If you can basically trade Jonathan Druin to Toronto, which will allow him to be exposed instead of another player that'll you know maybe be trade bait yeah. for Seattle, you know you can you can manipulate that a little bit where basically like. It, it, you can use him for a different thing. So I'm not worried just because of the options Bergevin has. The only concern, obviously, is the cap situation. But he's not got an extreme cap hit. He's he's five and a half. He's expensive for what he is, exactly. but he's not untradeable. Like his his cap is okay. Like yes. it's not a it's not a uh, you know it's not a Jeff Skinner kind of thing. Well, well, that's it. And we can also you know there are teams that basically also might be looking to trade away a contract of similar value of similar caliber you know like i'm obviously this isn't the guy but like for example nick letty it makes 5.5 million if let's say for some reason the islanders are like we need jonathan Druin on our team and we definitely don't want nick letty that's that's a, like a zero cap movement thing so it's like it's possible you know there's also salary retention and everything so yeah i think it would be yeah. big though if we if we don't do one of those like if we if like you said we get like a slew of mm-hmm. picks or prospects because uh it would alleviate a lot of our cap situation yeah. too i i can see us having to re- make like to uh retain a very small amount like maybe 500k which i'm okay with. i just don't want to see like a 50 percent retention and everything but yeah, five hundred. I could see us if we reduce him down to a five million dollar player, that going a long way for pe- for yeah, you know other teams. I'd totally be willing to do that. All right, so back to the game. Yeah. Um, first period impressions. You know what? It, it just it seemed like the game was going to be a bit of a shootout from the start, and I found we. I don't know. I just we didn't have that spark again. Like it's it's it just. We didn't have that fire under us like we had against Edmonton, and 
Every, it seemed like it's just odd because that's what the, so hard the guys are words. saying. The I know. I keep saying like we can't start doing doing this again, and yeah. like you know every game is big, and it is because you know the fact of the matter is if we lose these games to Calgary, they're taking our position. Yeah, and like we can't afford to lose these games, and you know the fact that we can't string two wins together is like just very concerning. Yeah, especially when you're looking at it from a playoff point of view, you need to string four. Yeah, exactly. In a short so, amount of time. Um, you know, there's so many pieces here. There, it's hard to kind of put your finger on the pulse with this team because, you know, any given night, something's wrong. So, like, you know, it could be the, the goal scoring one night and then just defensive breakdown the next, but the now now the forwards are playing well. Then it could be, like, you know, just a bad goaltending night, and it's like yeah. they can't seem to, you know, we've said this a thousand times now, they can't seem to just intersect those things, Yeah, you know, a few games in a row like we we get this like holy trinity every few games and then for the rest of uh you know the rest of the month then (laughs) basically you know we have one part of the team playing well and the other part just falling down because like that's it last night you know um that was a we've always had trouble scoring against calgary i mean i think it's something abysmal i think we have like nine goals against them or something like that um through our series of like five with them yeah but against goal like a goaltending group of markstrom and uh, who's their backup now? It's not Riddick anymore. Um, no, um, I forget oh his name, God. but yeah, uh, no, name. they're having bad goaltending this year. Yeah. Markstrom's just over a nine hundred, yeah. but not against not us. against us yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, so there, you know, there's no excuse there, and you know, it gets really bad when uh, our D doesn't play well against them either because we know we're not getting a lot of goals. And then, uh, you know, I'm getting really sick and tired of Zaggy these... Zaggy Doolin, that's Zaggy his name. Doolin. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, I'm getting really sick and tired of these, like, uh, you know. Uh, middle of the slot passes that gives Allen or Price no chance. Yeah, I, and I it, was, it's game after game. Every team seems to get these on and, us. And I was gonna say two things with the goal scoring. It seemed like the goals that went in against the Canadians, obviously minus the uh, empty netter, were the exact same goal. Yeah, you know, it was this play from the corner that just comes out to the like the middle of the ice. It's insane. I the redirect is the redirect, but. Yeah, two out of the three goals they scored on Allen looked yeah. like like mirror images of each other. Let's also not forget the like we got a, basically a mulligan in terms of we managed to get a goalie interference yeah. call, and like what it just shows again and again is like players are just getting to the slot whether they're in position to tip the puck or Backlund who just ran through Allen, or these guys like Dubé and Monahan who just scut- like skate right in, yeah, and they get a perfect it's shot. It's important off. to tie that to um, you know. The game prior against Edmonton, there was a goal that was the exact same. Yeah, like they could just got it, it happens right. Was it over... Bear, Ethan Bear? I think. I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think it was Ethan Bear. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was Ethan Bear that he got that goal. But yeah, it's know, just we it's leave the, exact the slot same thing. wide open. We leave the slot wide open, and for some reason, all of our defensive battles in our corner, the puck seems to just pop out and re- go right to the. And slot. for a team that's supposed to be this, like you know, veteran, big, strong guys in the corners. It's just, I don't know what's going on. It just, we're just slow. Also, can, like, let's just not play Merrill on the right side. Like, I yeah, don't know what's what that going, is. Okay? What are we doing? Like, let's not put the defensive defenseman on his offhand, okay? Like, that's just not a smart move. Um, I don't know what they're doing there. They're playing, like, some kind of checkers with, like, I don't know if they don't want all their defensive D on the left or something, but, like, it no drives idea. me nuts. It's like... You know, you're you're you brought this guy in to play his type his style of hockey, then you put him in a new position again. Like it drives me nuts. Yeah. You do this all the time. And another thing I want to mention because it, it is important just to mention the goal, the game winning goal against the Habs. It's you can't like lean, like lean on this, but 
once again, we saw like a massive breakdown in terms of the, the Canadians team defense because they all stopped playing. Anderson took a high stick to the face. It's it's not like debatable to hold it. You could see it. He gets a stick right in the mouth. He and like to the point where it, it takes him out of the play for a second. The defensemen see this and just stand straight up. Yeah. It's like you don't hear a whistle, you, you gotta, don't yeah. stop. I hate like so that. yes, for you know all the things that are annoying, the ref missed it, blah 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 blah. It it it's true, it doesn't matter. The whistle like has not gone yet. They're gonna keep playing, and you're playing against Godro, Monahan, and Lindholm. Like you need to pay attention. Yeah, I did that once in Pee Wee hockey. Okay, then my brother told me not to do that. Yeah, and I never did it again. And okay, it's so like if I can sports. do that, if I can do that, uh, these guys should know better. And like it, you know, when when I see a lot of you know, especially Habs uh, Habs hockey fan pages on on whether it be Instagram or just threads on Reddit. People consistently bring up bad calls as like an excuse for our gameplay. Yeah. Okay. How you respond to that high stick is more important than the actual missed call. Okay. Yeah. Because the fact of the matter is, is our losses aren't because of these. Like we, no. we shouldn't be down. I'm just you know get I, mean? I get massive like 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 PTSD back to when Kovalev did that in the playoffs. Yeah, and this stuff happens with every team. Yeah, like, and I'm you're sure not going to get the call every time. Yeah, we're not going to get the call every it's time. It's annoying, yes. The, I, my point was, though, that Who it's, was it on Toronto we smoked in that game we won? We, we absolutely uh, high-sticked um, someone. I forget who. It might have been Jason Spezza. I, I, yeah. But it was someone. We got away with that. And, like, it, it happens with everything. That's and, what like, I'm saying. Like, I, I, I'm acknowledging it because, yes, it's important to say, like, we still, across the league, have bad refereeing. Yeah. But the point is, like, it's everyone not, has it's bad not disproportionately against no the Habs. exactly That's the thing. It, it's everyone's dealing with it, it it feels that way sometimes as a habs fan because you watch the habs games exactly That's the thing but you have to realize that this is a this is a, a league-wide thing it's also not as prevalent as people think like there's always gonna be bad calls but the fact of the matter is is that you know the rest of the game we also didn't play well yeah. so it, it doesn't help and like um you know, I, I don't know what it is with, with, with some of these teams, but, like, specifically, it seems to be Winnipeg and Calgary, and they have a very similar style of play that we just can't seem to wrap our head around. Yeah. I, I don't understand, and, like, it's, uh, you know... I just I just don't know where, like, our, our like, desire to play the game is. I actually don't miss Claude pl- Julien, to be honest with you. Yeah, because he was animated. Yeah. And he actually cared about winning. Yeah. This is the thing, like, I, I will, again, like I said... He just I looks said, like Ducharme, sorry to interrupt you, but Ducharme just looks disappointed all the time. Yeah, like, it's, he also doesn't really look like he cares, and frankly, I think it's because he knows for a fact he's not coaching next year, so this is just kind of, like, a waste of time for him, if anything. It's a try, it's, if anything, this, and the way I look at it is, like, this should be more of a showcase for the, you know, teams like Seattle, teams that are firing coaches left, right, and center, like, he, or just in general... He should care. Yeah. This is his, it's his job to care. So, yeah, I don't know. They just they they all look very dejected, and they all just kind of look like they're down. Like this is the thing. Like Brendan Gallagher is not there, and we just kind of you know kick the dirt, put our heads down. It's like you need to be able to do it whether he's there or not. Yeah, especially with a guy, especially with our uh, the leaders on our team being so injury prone. Yeah, we need to be able to string it together, and like you know all these vets on the team. You know, I noticed I noticed how hard Stahl was playing last night. Yeah. And always, like always, Perry. Okay. And like, uh, you know, it, it seems to be the there's there's a common denominator with these games, and unfortunately, one of them Suzuki. The energy is just not there, and when your centers aren't driving the energy, 
it really just deflates the team. I'm, I'm happy Druin's gone, okay, because I hope he stays scratched for a little while because that's or definitely just as far away from it. Suzuki as possible. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. But we need to somehow spark our uh, young guys like Kotkaniemi and Suzuki because I, I just see a deflated group down the middle. Yeah. Um, Dano's playing hard. Yeah. And Stahl was playing hard, but I noticed that middle two was just so bad. Yeah. Like, there's just no, there's no fire. But at the very least, Kotkaniemi slams his stick. He yeah, swears. He gets, he gets angry. The guy cares about hockey. He cares about it. And I, again, like, I really do like Nick Suzuki a lot. I see him as a, a big piece of the of the team going forward. Yeah, he's just struggling. But, and, and the other thing, too, is, like, you know, when you listen to him talk and you listen to him do interviews, the guy is not an emotional person. And, like, we need to stop... With these, like I, I don't know if it's common amongst hockey players or something, but like, it, I, it noticeably on the Canadians anyway. We have a very stoic team, and it doesn't come across as let's say like strong-willed. It comes across as unbothered. Yeah. And they like you need to get animated a little bit here. Like you, like I, I would fully defend Suzuki turning around and saying something along the lines of, "I know we're playing like shit. I know I'm playing like shit. It's pissing me off. Stop asking me about it." Yeah. I'd be completely behind him. Yeah. But the fact that, like, you know, the question is, like, yeah, well, we got to do we got to do. You know, got to yeah. get the pucks in the corners. Got to get, get some shots on goal. Improve the power play. It's, like, you're 21 years old. Yeah. Like, there like seems to be, wake up. Yeah, there seems to be this, like, culture of almost, like, they can't possibly think this, but it almost sounds like there's a, they think anyway that there's this specific aspect of the game that's leading to them losing games. Yeah. The whole... The whole game plan is rotten. Like, the, the, yeah. like there's nothing really going I'm very well. Like, they, they always mention like, like you were saying with Suzuki, it, with him, it's always the you know we got to get the pucks in the corner. Like, that, no, like that's part of it. Yeah, you have to it, do everything. But there's a lot more to that. Like, there's there, it, it's not that's not why we're losing games. Like, right. we're we're losing games because there's nothing connecting. I also just want to know like what happened to Mark Bergevin's whole attitude thing because I know. like. You really need it to feels tell like them. the team two years ago. Yeah, and it's again. I just I can't get over the like, the like poor me, what was me vibe yeah. that I get from this team. And it's oh, like, I'm fatigued. I need a break. I know. I'm it's tired. Like, the schedule is hard. It's like they forget that like you know they're in a they're in a boat with everyone else. Yeah, it's just it's very frustrating to watch because like yeah you're allowed to have a like I again I wouldn't care. This is going back to I'm just gonna use Druins as an example. I wouldn't care about Druin not scoring goals if it upset him. He he seemed to literally think it's okay because I'm the assist guy. It's like, well, you put up no points anyway. Yeah, I know. Like, putting up 20 assists is not an achievement when you make $6 million a year, basically. Yeah, I know. Like, I, like that's the issue. Is like, I, I don't they're want complacent. them to be satisfied. Yeah, they're complacent with their play and, like... Um, and it, it scares the hell out of me for Cole Caulfield. Yeah, I know. Because, like... He's someone who, like, has won at every level, and he's been dominant. If he's not instantly dominant, I'm not gonna like saying this is exactly what happens. But what happens if basically a, uh, you know, a, a Jonathan Druin comes out to him and goes like, "Yeah, it just kind of happens now, like that." It's like, no, yeah. like fight yeah. a little bit. You well, know? yeah, you're the product of your your environment and the people you're around most. And like, if you're around a guy who's complacent about everything, and you know, systemically across the board. You know, they're, they're, they can't possibly be criticizing themselves. Like, you have to criticize your play. Like, and that's what you see with all these successful players. Like, 
Crosby never praises himself. He's always something's something's wrong. I need yeah. to improve on this. I need to do this. That's how you push forward. Like I, I just see complacency with Jonathan Drouin, and he's you know there's a column next to goals. It's yeah, like yeah, I, I know they're aware. low too. Yeah, there's a column after that too called plus minus. Yeah, you suck at that too. So yeah. like maybe you know work on your play. You're overpaid, and uh, it looks like you're really bringing down. Like I don't want to pin it exclusively on him, but he seems. It's not, but he's to, a prime example of it. Well, Anderson's thriving. You know, Anderson's he is, thriving. But again, and, like thriving as a middle six. No, away winger. away from Drew. I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And he he was thriving with Suzuki without Drew. Yeah. So you know, there, there's kind of a there's kind of a you know common denominator there, and I'm I'm happy he scratched, and I honestly don't see a spot for him in the lineup. Like I. No, that was know, the big issue with Caulfield coming in, with Gallagher coming back. Like no. And yeah. I, I'm not paying, you know, six five point five mil for a guy to play third or fourth line minutes. Like, no, hundred percent. Just it's time to move him. Um, you move him for what you can. You make him. The, the first thing you do is you make him available to Seattle. Not even just on the protection list, but you make him available for trade. Be like, we will give you Jonathan Druin if you take so and so off the team, and they might. Because the thing is, Seattle is going to be in a worse spot than Vegas because everyone knows now what the expansion's like and on top of it like the cap is going to be a problem so especially at the forward position seattle's not going to have a good time they might be willing to take an like a risk for i think it's two more years at that point of jonathan Druin. worst case scenario they play him in the middle six yeah you know it's like, they, like who knows what could happen but the idea is just like make him available somewhere Trade him if you can. Um, just do something because yeah. he's not helping the team. Yeah, with no offensive upside and and previous knowledge on uh, you know knowing that he has no upside anywhere else, then he's basically just a sitting duck on the ice, and he takes up a a spot that's very valuable in you know in the top four, uh, you know top two left wing positions. He kind of hovers back and forth. That's you know. A third of that line is basically just a guy sitting on the ice who, you know, brags about his second touch assists. Yeah. It's just, we can't afford to have that, especially on a team that just can't seem to score. So, you know, that's all I'm going to say about Jonathan Druin. That game in, 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 a, in, a, in a whole, I mean, we, we've been through this a thousand times. That's it. It's I mean, hard for us to just talk about the And games. again, if you guys go back to the previous Between the Whistles where we won and I you know I was happy that we won but I I specifically mentioned that I'm worried because we can never tie wins together this is exactly what I mean we play hard like hell against Edmonton we can tie losses together though. yeah and then we come and play Calgary with basically just a deflated group of guys and again we just can't find the back of the net against the goalie who is letting in a lot of goals and do you think we see Caden Primo tonight I think so. I mean, like, we're, at this point, we're working Allen to the bone. And, like, yeah. I, you know, it's also deflating for him because we just, he he, he has to let in goals. I mean, like... Yeah, it, also, he let in, if he lets in two to three a night, he should win most of his games. Yeah, he let in two realistically. And yeah. then one was at one, another one of those goddamn pops out of the corner right to the guy in the yeah. slot. You know, no chance. And then, yeah, open net. And, like, uh, you know, we, we can't seem to give him more than one or two goals a night. And we'll never win with that. No. Anyway. Yeah, we'll um, catch the game tonight. We'll yeah. uh, we'll check in with you guys. Um, oh, sorry. Last thing. We just wanted to uh, give a shout-out to one person because they got in touch with us. And so, Ethan, thanks for messaging us. If you're listening right now, send us another message. And uh, we'll see what we can do. We liked what you sent us. And, uh, yeah, so, Ethan, if you're there... 
uh, send us another Instagram message. All right. Catch you guys soon. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time. Bye.